Great to have you with us, Magic fans, for another episode of Magic Pod Squad. This time, we have the opportunity to catch up with the Magic legend, Rashard Lewis, who helped get this team to the 2009 NBA Finals. Magic fans, the Florida Department of Transportation reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. Oh, lots to get into here with Rashard Lewis, including that run to the 2009 NBA Finals. So many big shots for Rashard along the way, and he breaks down each and every one of them, playing alongside Ido Turkoglu, Dwight Howard. That was a Magic team that kind of started this barrage of three-point shooting back in the day. Also, his basketball journey that took him through the Pacific Northwest, his start in Seattle, and ultimately his decision to come to City View. Lots of good stuff to get into with Magic Big Man Rashard Lewis on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Pod Squad. Hey, welcome everyone to another edition of Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, and quite frankly, George, one of the greatest Magic players we've ever had. Richard Lewis, kind enough to join us for Magic Pod Squad. And I, I tell you what, it is how great is it being back here? But it is a blast for us to have you back here, Richard. It feels like old times. Oh, man, it's always a blast coming back to Orlando because it just brings back so many memories, and all those memories are great memories. So I, I love this city, you know, because it's, one of the best times of my career. It was. It was, it was one it of the... It looks like he can still play, by the way. I'm not, buy, I'm not buying it. You could play. If I put you... Could I? Could you give me 15 minutes right now? I can give you offense, no defense. That's it? <laughs> That's <laughs> fine? Uh, what no, do I do? No blocking sides. I can give you some corner three-pointers or something. Perfect. <laughs> what, what do we need? That's where the league is going. <laughs> I'm on. Well, let everybody know what you're up to now, Rich. I know last year you were on the sidelines. You were mm-hmm. you were coaching with the Detroit Pistons. Yep. Uh, you've been in the big three since yep. its existence. Yep. Uh, just what what are you up to now? Pretty much, uh, like you said, I was with first year coaching with the Detroit Pistons last year. Um, Coach Casey brought me on. I, he drafted me when I played with the Seattle SuperSonics, and kind of raised me from a young kid into a man. So he asked me to, you know, come out there and help, which I enjoyed it. You know, I feel like it's the next chapter in life for me, of being able to still be around the game and. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to continue to do it, you know, in the future, um, as well as during the summertime, playing the big three. Still love to compete. Still love to play basketball uh, at a high level. So I feel like that's yeah. kind of like half court professional basketball. That's how I look at <laughs> that it. That is, it is half court as an old head. Yeah. that's still professional to me because <laughs> you got a lot of talent in it. I mean, it's a lot of guys. Yeah, and a lot of good coaches. Because that makes us super old heads hey. over here. Is that how you, do you feel like do you I, I now do. that you're retired? Do you I do. feel that way? Uh, I do, but I, but you know, like I said, we're still young in life. Of course, guys, still got a long life to live. So uh, I feel old in basketball terms. I guess you can just say in basketball. So how was the year coaching? That was that was your first foray first into year. into coaching. Mm-hmm. What did, did you What did you like? What did you not like? Or was there I, things you didn't expect? No, I, I I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, a lot of people always say like. It's not too much for you now. You you know you have a real job and you're gonna be. I'm like man, this is basketball. Like basketball to me is not a job. Right. You no, know, it's so much fun and I love it. I don't look at it as a job. And the traveling, you know, I mentally kind of put my mind to a place where, as a player, traveling night in and night out, being at the practices, the meetings, and all that. So I did it for 17 years. True. So it was nothing for me. It was easy for me to go into the season and be mentally prepared for the travel and everything else. Just because the fact that I've done it, you know, if I was coming in and never done that type oh, of yes. traveling, oh, yes. then it'll probably be a little different for me. But 
I was mentally prepared and ready You're to go. A little more stiff on the longer flights though <laughs> now. <laughs> Definitely, I am. Definitely that I'm older, but that's when you just got to keep getting up. You stretch them legs out a little bit. <laughs> what, are the, what are the guys nowadays asking you? When they pick your brain and you have conversations with mm-hmm. young guys that are coming into the league now, guys are coming in same age as you were, 19, 20, yeah. starting their NBA career. What, what, what are you telling these guys? I always tell the guys, you know, you stick with it because um, I can remember being that young guy, 19, 20 years old, and wanted the success right away. Wanted to be an all-star or – score 20 points a night, you know, be on Sports Center or be a big key to making the playoffs. Uh, it don't happen overnight. Sure. And that was a big thing that I was saying with a lot of the young guys that was with the Pistons. You know, it was a young team that's rebuilding. Like, you got to stick with it. You know, you're going to have good nights, you're going to have bad nights, but for the most part, you're 19, you're 20 years old. There's a lot of learning and a lot of experience to gain. Uh, everybody's not LeBron James or Kobe Bryant that could come in and have immediate success. It take, a lot of us, it takes time. I'm not saying that you won't be successful your first year, but you'll be a better player down the road in five for six years playing in the NBA from gaining that experience. So I always tell guys, you know, you're going to have bad weeks, bad days, bad months. Don't beat yourself up over it. You know, be mad that day, but get up tomorrow and continue to work, continue to get better, and that's how you succeed. When place. did that click in, though, for you, Rashard? Because I, I would imagine that, the majority of players that come in, yeah. especially the ones, let's say, like let's take a team like you you coached last year in Detroit. Right. There's a lot of kids on that team, and I say kids because they're 18, they're 19 years old. I mean, I'm super old now. That they've they've been, you know, the best player on their team. I mean, and you you went through this as a 18 year old kid coming out of high school. When does that kick in for a player? Because it's not easy to tell them that. Right. I'm sure somebody maybe told you that when you were when you were a rookie. Maybe it was Coach Casey. Maybe right. it was somebody else. When does that click in for a guy? And does it? I mean, I'm sure it clicks in differently for everybody. But right, when did right. it click in for you? Say, like you said, it does click in different for everybody. Sometimes it could take a year. It could take two years. It could take thirty games. But uh, with me, I would say after my first two years in the league, going into my third year. Uh, that I gained a lot of experience. I think more than anything, it's the confident level. Uh, but coming in as a teenager, you know, I was able to mature a little bit more uh, from playing in the summer leagues and, you know, practicing hard. But I would say my third year, because you want to gain that experience on the court playing with the, with the real guy. Right. And when you get that experience, the confidence level goes up, everything goes up, and you put the work in during the summer. But by my third year, I felt like I had it figured out. I was still learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – you know, everything was starting to come to me like this. It was all about winning ball games. And when you're young, it's all about me, me, me. I want to be an all-star. I want to get paid the big bucks. Mm-hmm. I want to get 30 points a night. It's all about, you know, the individual person. But when you figure it out over the years, it's all about the team. It's about us. And when the team has success, the individual has success. So you learn over time that it's not just about that individual person is about us as a did you call any of your old coaches back once you became a coach and apologize to them like, <laughs> and say and say hey i'm really sorry i get it now I apologize but i do i did definitely get it you know being a little bad body language at the end of the bench wanting minutes wanting shots you know i was just learning i was a kid if they would have put me out there i would probably have been like a deer in headlights so i think uh sometimes like you said some kids are very talented they can come in and play right away but i would say 90 percent of rookies are guys that get drafted into the NBA. It's a learning process. Yeah. It's definitely learning. You still can have success, but it's still a learning process. Yes, of course. That's true. You know, we think about when he came here in 07, right? You play parts of four years with the Magic. Right. 
looking at it today, and I, I obviously knew this, but I had I don't know why I'd forgot. You had a whole basketball life yeah. before you got here. That nine That's true. years in Seattle. Nine years in Seattle. You're it was a lot that, that is a phenomenal career for yeah, a lot of people. Right. Yeah. To, that you had a whole journey. Yeah. I imagine Ray Allen was one of those guys yep. that pulled you aside. You were his rookie. Yeah. What I mean, nine years in Seattle. Like you said, nine years in Seattle and that's when I had my best season when Ray came for the team. I played with Gary Payton uh, for the first two years, and then That's Gary right. Payton was traded for Ray Allen. And when Ray Allen came to the team, he was one of those guys, you know, we see Jesus Shuttlesworth, not Ray Allen. Uh-huh. You know, we're young guys <laughs> in the locker room. Listen to every story he tell us. Right. But it wasn't out the stories he told us. It was the summertime, uh, the work we put in during the summer, working on our bodies and our game. Uh we followed the things he did. He would get to the arena before games, before anybody would get mm-hmm. there. By the time us young guys were walking to the arena for the game, he's already in his locker reading a book, mentally preparing himself for the game. And we're like, what are you doing? You're not going to go shoot? He's like, I already did all of that. So he's so we picked up the small things. And he told me um, to be an all-star in his league, you have to be consistent. Not saying that you're going to play great every night, but when you have a bad night, you have to get back on to the very next – try to get back on to the next game. And that's how you become an all-star. And he was like, what you do outside of the court is how you perform on the court. And he helped me make my first all-star team. So I, I give a lot of that's credit awesome. to Ray Allen that's awesome. for being a great leader, you know, not only for just myself, but for us as a team because we was a young team. And uh, he, was, he was a great leader. All right, well, I got to hit you because we know Gary Payton can tell stories. Oh, yeah. And we know Ray <laughs> Allen can tell stories. So. We don't in Orlando. We don't know a lot about Ray Allen and Gary Payton. So what? Right. What? What? Give us some good stories that stood out that you can tell on a <laughs> podcast from those two guys. Gary Payton's story that stands out, and I tell this story all the time. Uh, of course, I was drafted out of high school, mm-hmm. teenager. I'm a kid. Yeah. Now, the year I get drafted, it was a lockout. So right after I got drafted, right. league locks out, and I think I don't think we didn't start to January. So once they lift the lockout, we fly into Seattle a week before training camp starts. Me and Jelani McCoy are the rookies. Uh, but camp don't start for another week, so the guys, we're just playing pickup basketball games. So our first day to get there, we somebody from the staff was picking us up from the hotel, me and Jelani McCoy, uh, to bring us to the facility just to play pickup before camp starts the following week. We get to the facility late. I think we got there like 30 minutes late when they had already started playing pickup, but it was because uh, we got lost. The guy that was driving us ended up taking a wrong turn, and we ended up getting there late. So as soon as we walk into the gym, me and Jelani McCall walk in, they literally playing a full game of pickup. Gary Payton dribbling the ball up the court, stops in the middle of the pickup, and started cussing me and Jelani McCoy out. (laughs) (laughs) What the – (laughs) <laughs> like what y'all doing? Y'all are late. Why y'all not here? We both looked at each other. We pointed to the guy that was driving. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, we were kids. We were right. young teenagers. We like it was his fault. He, you know, he was like, I don't give a damn. Y'all got to get to the gym. I have my homeboys pick y'all up, and you know, it's just Gary Payton wow. being Gary Payton. How about that, and it scared us because we know we're young teenage kids yeah. that just got drafted. But starting to figure Gary out and, and learn what type of person he was. He's just passionate about the game. Yeah. When he steps in between those lines, he's playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And we just happened to walk in the building while he was playing basketball. Yep, that's right. If we caught him outside of those lines, maybe he would have came at us a little different. <laughs> but right. Gary Payton in between those lines is all basketball. Think about those two that you learned from. Then you come here in Orlando, you get a young Dwight Howard, yep. right? You get all the young, young Jameer Nelson. Mm-hmm. You get the, how valuable was that? 
It was very valuable. Being a, being a veteran for those guys. It was very valuable for me because, uh, you know, playing nine years in Seattle, I learned a lot uh, from sitting back watching my first couple of years to becoming a role player, then yeah. to, to becoming one of the main guys mm -hmm. in the offense. Uh, and when I got to the – and I was all about winning. My whole game was just win, win, win. It's not about, you know, getting 50 points a night and losing the game. It was just about winning. So when I came to the Orlando Magic, it was uh, obviously, like you said, it was a young team. And my whole thing was winning basketball games. I didn't care about the amount of money I was making or me coming in, being this superstar yeah. from the Seattle Supersonics. It was about us. It wasn't about me. That's how I always approach, you know, every game. It's about us. And to be successful, you know, over the years of watching the NBA, like the Spurs, the Lakers, they have it's about the team to win right. a championship. It ain't about right. Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan. You know, it was Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, uh, you know, from Shaq to Rick Fox to it was about the team. So I always felt that as long as I could have my teammates engaged and feel like they're a part of the success, you get the best you get the best out of out of them on the court. But you were a big reason for that success oh, yeah. because of right. you playing for what the team needed because it's right. been well documented, obviously, like Stan talks about it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you were you were a three mm -hmm. for nine years. Yeah. 10 years, you know, and you played the three and small forward and that was your thing. And then Stan pulls you into the office one day and says, listen, like, I want, we want to put you at the four. Right. And we want, and you, I, I don't think there was much push pushback from you. You're right. just like, Hey, listen, whatever the team needs, That's we're good. About, yeah. And you guys kind of revolutionized, revolutionized the game a little bit because yeah. now look around Everybody's got a stretch four, that's and right. it all goes back to to that with yeah, you. That's right. Um, I remember, like you said, when Stan told me he wanted to move me to the four, and I was, you know, and I like I said, I told him whatever helps, you know, the team win ball games, and I was four because we had Hedo Turkaloo that was playing a three position, right. which was the same position I played when I was in Seattle, and I know Turkaloo is a great basketball player. I played against him when he was in Sacramento, or even played against him when Orlando, you know, we played faced each other, and I know. Turkaloo was going to be a big key to us succeeding. So when he said to move to the four, you know, I was all for it. Um, as long as it was successful for the team. Yeah. Uh, I may have took a little bit of backlash by not being that 30-point score or what everybody was always looking but for. But we didn't need that for exactly. you. Exactly. It was all about winning. As long as we win That's basketball right. games. That's right. Nobody's talking bad about the Orlando Magic. When you're losing, they try to point the finger. But that's just a part of sports. And it was – and with the – this organization, the team we had, it was a family. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't have guys stabbing each other in the back right. and then smiling in their face. No, we, we we was a real family, and we played that way on the court. Yeah. And I feel like the better relationship you have with guys off the court, coaching staff as well, the better it'll show – the more it'll show on the court. I always tell Dante, and you may remember it or you may not remember it, it, it will stick with me forever. We The year, the year we went to the finals mm – -hmm. We had a dinner at training camp, and everybody got the handbooks and whatever else, and everybody's sitting around a big table at at, at the uh, dinner. And I don't know if you, and Stan went through each guy. Yep. Started, you know, Dwight, Richard, Hito, Jameer, and he went all the way down to O'Donnell. No offense, O'Donnell. Sure. We went all the way down to O'Donnell, yeah, right? right? This is what we need you to do to win. Yes. I need you to do A, B, C, D, and E. Richard, I need you to do A, B. And everybody to a man just kind of stood like, and they knew, but like, that's rare. Is that's it not, Richard? Yeah, like, no, it's, it's very rare. rare. And that's why I really like Stan, not only as a coach, but as a person, because coaches like Stan, 
be straight up with you as a player. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. You need to tell us our roles. Yeah. Because I can be a great defender, rebounder, but I average 12, 13 points with the Sonics. Now I'm coming to the Magic. First thing is on every basketball player of mine is scoring. Yeah. Now I want to go get 20 points because, you know, you score, you get paid. So when Stan tells you your role, look, you're a defender, you're a rebounder, you're a three-point shooter, or you're, you know, you, whatever your role is, and one, if you know that as a player, you go out there and play your role. You can't get upset when you're not playing your role if coach takes you out the game for not being doing your role. Because, uh, you know, when you have uh, Dwight Howard on the team, you know, Jameer Nelson, Hito Turkoglu, those are our offensive guys. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys we're going to go through offensively. Marcin Gortat, you're the backup center. I need you to rebound. Need you to defend and take the offensive points when when it comes to you when you're open and when you get it right. right. But for the most part, the White Howard, Jameer Nelson, you know he, he he lets everybody know their role defensively, offensively. And if you don't know your role, come talk to me because we don't want to have no type of friction or bad body language. I love that because one person do it, it can trickle down to the team. Especially if you have a guy like Dwight Howard or Hito Turkoglu, one of the main guys on the team, if they show a bad body language and a bad attitude as the leaders. It trickles down to the team. That's right. So you want to make sure that don't happen with throughout the team. I, I don't know why that dinner sticks with me yeah. even to this day, but I just remember leaving there, and I had been to a bunch of dinners like that before with speeches that were similar, but for whatever reason, it was the way you guys were even just, I don't want to say you were locked in at dinner, but you were locked, <laughs> locked in at in. dinner, right? <laughs> and I and I left there, and I went home, and I told my and I told my wife, and I was like, Holy, like we're gonna be damn good. Yeah. Like we're gonna be good. And she's like, "What do you mean? You just had dinner." I'm like, "I, you can just tell by the vibe right. in the room with the guys. You could just tell. Right. Special. Well, and you're and you're going and this and revolutionizing the game really because you got two six ten guys who can handle, who mm-hmm. can defend, who can pass, who can shoot. Right. Now you're leading the league in threes made. <laughs> Team is leading the league in threes made. Right. Right. You've got a big that you can play through. Yeah. I mean, that was it. That hadn't been done. Till that point, right, and the yeah. way you guys did it, and a lot of credit goes to Dwight Howard because he was uh, obviously one of the best centers in the league at the time, dominant in the paint, as well as a lot of credit goes to the coaching staff, Stan Van Gundy, as well as the staff, because he didn't come in from Miami and coach the way he coached the Miami Heat. He coached the, to the players that he had on his team. Right, he had a Dwight Howard, he had, of course, Hito, Jameer, JJ. He has shooters, but he has such a dominant force in Dwight Howard. He coached the style that would fit best for the type of players he had. And that's what makes great coaches. Not coming in with, say, the Miami Heat culture and try to bring it to the Orlando Magic. Maybe you don't have that Miami Heat culture type players. Yeah, right. True. He coached what he had. Right. And, and that's why, you know, those are some of the best coaches. And that's why I still think Stan is one of the best coaches that I've ever played for because he's always made adjustments. If it was – during the game or in the playoffs, whatever it was, or the type of players he had, if it was a trade made, Vince Carter coming to the team, whatever it was, he made adjustment with the, within the organization. You know, it's interesting. We just had Ryan Anderson uh, on a podcast recently as well, and he said when he first got here, he couldn't do anything right. Stan rolled him, <laughs> and he said, <laughs> you're laughing because you heard, you heard those guys. He said yeah. – Rashard could do no wrong. <laughs> he did say that. He's like, hey, Rashard was his favorite. Yeah, Rashard was his favorite. Did you feel that way? Did Stan ever get on? Well, I never heard Stan uh, get on. Uh, Stan gets on everybody. Sure, he sure he does. Yeah, yeah. Stan gets on us. He gets on everybody. <laughs> We're not doing but I also it. never heard him yell at Rashard. You had a special relation. You either did everything right. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say I did everything right. I think I think he appreciated the sacrifices. Yeah. But not only that, 
No, I'm not a big talkative guy that's going to be screaming and yelling right. at practice. My, I led by example. example. Yeah. Putting the work in, getting there early, staying after practice, getting up shots or in the weight room to get my body together. Whatever it was, I led by example. And I was always, you know, I, I, I always practiced hard. I would always do, you know, whatever coach wanted me to do. Uh, because, I, like I said, I felt like as one of the captains of the team, if you don't do it, the other guys won't follow behind. So I've always been just that type of person to um, to do, you know, the right thing and try to win ball games that way, especially with, with a guy like Stan being a coach. Now, I think about that finals run, right? And I'm sitting here thinking, man, this guy hit a lot of big shots. I mean, <laughs> so big shots. shots. With all of us praying, go in, go in, right? <laughs> like huge, mega shot. And I went back and looked at it. That 08, 09 year, mm-hmm. clutch situations, right? You're talking the last two, three minutes of a basketball game, close, within five points either way. Vince Carter was the most clutch player in the NBA. Really? We had that year. Really? Who we ended up adding. Oh, you're year. talking about 08, 09. 08, 09. Vince Carter. 08, 09. Not on our we team. We ended up adding right? next, right. Year. next year. Right, 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 right. Number two in the whole league was Richard Lewis. I mean, that doesn't surprise really? me. Oh, I can think of oh, six plays off the top of my head I that year. But would you have known to that level? No. Like I, we th- no, I just I can think of I can think of the Detroit. Uh, I can think of the Detroit game winner. I can okay, think of the uh, Boston banker at the buzzer. <laughs> yes. I can think of the Cleveland, the Cleveland uh, game winner on the wing. And then I can think of the Cleveland three-pointer in the corner that tied it that oh my god maybe we didn't even go to the finals yeah. if you don't hit that shot what but, else I mean, what else I, I, I got him on the top but of i want to touch on those you have notes i have no of, notes a this couple, is all in my head a couple <laughs> of them individually but to be uh, because we know he hit big shots but mm-hmm. i but I, there was a clutch gene about you your whole career right. but something special that year what is it about being you know you having you the ball the clutch? being the second in the clutch i had no clue about that stat i think uh I just always, Dante, I just Dante made it up. Win. By the way, he made the stat up. That's not a real thing. It helps my it story. Just, hey, <laughs> no, look good, <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Fifty percent from yeah. the floor and forty-four percent from three. Yeah. in the clutch, second best in the NBA. I, I don't know. I just had that attitude of I just wanted to win, and I felt like I've always felt like I'm gonna make every shot. I'm not a high volume shooter. I'm not gonna go out there and shoot thirty shots just to get twenty points. You know, maybe twelve. Sure. I wasn't a high volume shooter, but I've always felt like, give me the ball at the end of the game, I'm going to make the shot. You know, even if I would miss the shot, I'd go home and I'd think about that shot all night long, but I just felt like I wanted to win so bad, I'm going to make this You shot. trust you more I than I trust anyone. me, I'm going to make this shot, right? That's the I think there. Have. I think there's a couple of things with that. Like, number one, it's that. And number two, like, your demeanor all the time is very True. even keel, right? And you don't get too high, you don't get too low. Everything you look on, and you always know Rashard is in control yeah. of his emotions, of his I play. I was nervous every time Turk got the ball. <laughs> <laughs> every time he touched the ball, I was a wreck. Please don't he throw this in the so fifth good. row. Please don't he throw in the fifth so row. He was so good. Okay. He was so clutch, but you're he right. You're, but you're demeanor, well, though. Yeah. Jameer, Jameer, Rashard, Hito yeah, were probably three of the best clutch players in the league over that. Yeah. Like no three, doubt. four years time span, right? Right. But with you, it was like I just, I never, I, it was never a doubt to me that that ball was going to go in if you got it at the end. Yeah. I, I just knew it was going to go in. I haven't felt that way in a, in a long time, by the way. It's been a while. Like, <laughs> it's been a while. I, yes. I, I miss you. I mean, <laughs> and also on, on that during that time, we had such dominant alpha males on the team that even he always felt like he would make a shot. Jameer, Absolutely. Dwight Howard. You know, we was just at a point where we had that chemistry and we were so bonded. Yeah. We're going to make this shot. We're gonna, you're going to have to beat us. You're not going to come in and just make it. It's going to be an easy win. you got to beat us. you got to take it from us. It's going to go down to the last second. 
for you to beat a well and Dirk hit, we and Dirk hit big shots too but yeah, and, and we got so we got video we're going to roll this in after the fact I, w- I wish we could play we are we're going to roll things we're in we're rolling it after we the, do that I wish now? you could see it now we go, oh. <laughs> we're huge right now oh wow I didn't know we'd do <laughs> that but that game one against Cleveland, here you are in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals. You just beat Boston. You just yeah. blew them out on their floor. And now you're in the seven, Eastern Conference in, in game seven in Boston. The whole world is expecting LeBron and Kobe. Yes. Were they not? Commercials all year long. The Muffets, Kobe, LeBron, Kobe, LeBron. All year. That's all they wanted to see in the finals. That's a little chip, I would think, on your shoulder. It was a big chip on all of our shoulders. Every, you know, we took that personal because we felt like yeah. it was one of the best teams in the league in the East at the time, us. Cleveland as well as Boston, but you know they started that early in the season at commercial. Yeah, so it was like that was like All Star break. Almost that predicted yeah. that Lakers versus Cleveland. Yeah. So you know we 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 took that person. But you go to the end of game one. Now here you are, the big bad Cleveland Cavs, who everybody assumes going to go. You're on their floor. They lost like three games that whole year at home. Right. Ball's in your hands with four seconds left, with a chance to steal game one. Right. This is after, by the way, and. We had our, one of our assistant coaches was Steve Hetzel at the time, who was an assistant coach with Cleveland mm-hmm. during that's that right. team. Yeah. And he liked to remind us that Cle- <laughs> that they were up by 20-something points I was that just game. Ready that's to say a that. good point. Game Very one. good point. And, the, and we were getting smoked. Very good <laughs> point. I was just about to say that. Game one. We was excited. Eastern Conference Finals, you know, we in Cleveland. We take the bus ride to the arena to go over for game one. Streets are just filled with people. Mm-hmm. You know, they booing us as we getting police escort to the arena. So we're like, yo, this is crazy. Like, we're excited. Right. First quarter, game starts, ball goes up. Whap. It was <laughs> boom, boom, boom. We was like, first time out, we go to the bench. We down maybe 10, 15 points. And we look at each other. We looking around oh, like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> this, this we is. just get ourselves into and Stan's just like, calm down. Everybody just relax. Take Let's chip away at it. We're not going to get it all back in one play. Just calm down. I think that first time out kind of relaxed everybody. Yeah. Not relaxed. We were still tense and, you know, ready to play. Just kind of reset. It was reset. Yeah. Because we – it was just like – it was too fast for us. We reset it, started chipping away at it, and I think we was cut the lead by halftime. I think it was down maybe a couple points. Yeah. Uh, but I can say that first quarter – it was like, oh, my God. You had to have been thinking, well, what do we get ourselves what into? We like ourselves like into? you said. But now you fight back, and the game comes down to you yeah. with the ball in your hands. We fight back uh, down to the last second. I remember Coach drawing up a play. You know, I'm feeling good. I started off first half not playing too well, but second half started playing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was playing a lot better. started getting a little rhythm. Uh, and I remember, you know, like I said, when it come down to those that end of the game, I want to win. I don't care how we're going to do it. Let's win. Uh, but I remember Turkey Lou passing me that ball on the wing, and I had Verizon that was guarding me. And, I, you know, I felt like every time a big's on me, I'm going to beat you to the basket. I'm, yep. like, quicker than you. So I tried to drive him to the basket. He played great defense. I can remember kicking it back out to Turkey Lou at the top of the key. But I wanted to win, and my instinct was go to get the ball. So I just come running back out to the three-point line uh, and, you know, like kind of waving my hands, like pass it back, and he gives it back to me. Knowing Turkaloo, we don't even don't like to pass the ball a lot. <laughs> he wants he to shoot those signs. Yeah. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> he ended up giving it back to me, and I gave uh, Verzao a jab step, and he thought I was going to drive it again, and I just raised up. And when it went through the net, when I say the, ex- the, the excitement I had, the chills, the feeling, 
I think I started pumping my chest, no, I'm looking it's, over it's to awesome. the bench. Awesome. You know, everybody is so happy. I mean, just the magnitude of that game, Eastern Conference Finals, game one, on the road, playing against the best team in the NBA, had the best right. record that year. That's right. LeBron James, best player in the league. You know, our back, I mean, the, everything was was against us. You know, our back the building was insane. It was insane. It was so the, the loudest building I've ever played in. The atmosphere was crazy. To steal game one is was a big deal. Is that do you just put, do you have that like bookmarked on your phone and then that's how you go to sleep every night? You just <laughs> real quick before you go to sleep, you're like, hey, let me just watch this 15 seconds real quick. I, that's I, how I would go to sleep man, every night. You no, know, that's a shot that I always remember. Uh, but not only that, but I don't. I think stealing game one is a big key to us getting to the finals. We don't get game one. Absolutely. Well, that's what. Well, and, well, you know, and I'm sitting and, here and, thinking the story that you're telling is the story that Turk wishes he could tell because in game two he, he should have been shot, here right yes he makes the right. well, it should have been the game what winner should have been the game winner right. lebron makes that miracle shot miracle. Goes, every year i have to watch this and not only that it was only what every year i gotta watch it too on yeah. nba tv they always show either always a highlight show. or they showing that game right but i think it was like one point something seconds left yeah. it was only like that one it was less than one second in or catch and let it go yeah and like I said, I remember this to this day. I'm guarding the guy on the inbounds. As he throws the ball, and the play was, you know, we figured they wanted to try to get a lob tip in or whatever because you don't have time. Right. Yep. So we cut the lob off for LeBron to get the tip, but we cut all the paint off. We planned the paint. Yeah. Yep. Not getting the tip in. So he somehow runs to the back to the top of the key, and I remember the ball being passed to him, and I'm following the ball. I'm the inbound. I'm guarding the inbounder. Ball goes to him. I'm following the ball, and I'm running to where the ball's going. LeBron catches it. If you go back and watch the replay, Turkaloo's contested it, but you can see me come flying yeah. behind Turkaloo. You tried. To try to contest it as well. <laughs> you tried. And he shot it. And, you know, we like, we got this game too. That, yeah. And when it goes in, the arena erupts, and we like kind of looking around like, did that really just happen? Yes. We thought we was going up 2-0. We for sure knew we was in the driver's seat of this series. Now it's a whole new ball game. Yes. From a one-second shot from the top of the key. Yeah, that's a, garbage. A miracle shot. <laughs> it was a miracle. It was but you, a miracle. But you, re, you recover. You go back and win game three at home. Yeah. And then there was a feeling, George, that I, I remember and Magic fans felt, I mean, you, game four is almost just as important. Yeah. You can't go back up there 2-2. Two, two. Right. You had to get well, you have four. to You have to hold home court at that you point have to. because and, you and can't get it back. And it goes to you again in the corner with, mm -hmm. with the big shot. End up going overtime and winning. But now you get your number called again. I would think if I'm Cleveland, I'm not letting Rashard beat me. Right. <laughs> For some reason, uh, like I said, I think it was down two points at the time. Yeah. Down one. No, we were down down one. Yeah. Down one. Down one. Didn't need a three, but went for it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, but I was wide open. I mean, Stan yeah. Yeah. was such a great play. Uh, you know, me and Dwight at the elbows, and I think we were screening down for I don't know if it's Turkaloo or Jameer coming up. But that was just a decoy screen. Yeah. I mean, he, and I see a lot of teams run this play to this day, and people bring it up. But, you know, after I set that screen, Dwight turns and screen for me. And, you know, I like to post up on that right block. So that right side is one of my best. You know, either shoot the jump hook or I love to turn over the right shoulder. Learned that from Akeem Elijah when the dream shake. Turn over my right shoulder to shoot the shot, the, the, the fadeaway shot. So me turning over my shoulder to shoot that three, was almost a money shot for me because I worked on it all the time right. and I post up all the time. So uh, coming off of that right side, catching it and turning over my right shoulder, it was like, and he told, Coach told me, if you're open, let it go. Yes. Shoot yep. it. 
you know, if you're not open, then, you know, go to the basket and, you know, make a play. But if you're open for the three, you have to shoot it. And nobody was on me. Right. And I'm right. turning over my right shoulder, which is a rhythm shot for me, and it was nothing, you know. Nothing but that. He made it in. It, the arena it, erupted. Yeah. Erupted. Oh, my God. Talk what you, you talk about the arena erupting. Like, talk about the city at that point yeah. when we were making, you know, the, the all the years you were here, really. I mean, just talk about the fan base and, and the energy it that you white ignite. Yes. And that's what was going on in the city of Orlando. It was igniting throughout the playoffs and it even bigger in the finals. The, you know, that's what it was all about. We was trying our best to win the championship for the city of Orlando, for the DeVos family. Um, because the energy, I mean, that not only that year, the fans was great, but in the finals, it just went to a whole nother level, man. The city was great. The arena was packed. It was just, it was a good feeling to have yeah. in here, in, in, you know, in, in the Orlando area, especially when we was on a road playing playoff games. We would come back. The fans would be buzzing. They couldn't wait for us to come back right. off the road. It was right. great. It was well, a lot of fun. I, mean, we, we, I, I don't think we knew how special it was. We, so we tried to never take it for granted, but man, it was just a special. I mean, it's a special. You, you're lucky in your career to experience it once. You yes. got to go on and win a championship. You got right. to do it again, which is phenomenal. Right. Down in Miami, I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I'm it not, have to be with no, the okay. Heat? <laughs> Any other team but the Heat? For God, say, good lord! All right, but, but. Then it seems like you get to the NBA Finals, and then Game One kind of seemed like a little bit of what happened with Game One in Cleveland, right? Kind of maybe the sp the speed of right, the right, final. right. But man, you 34, 7, and 34, 11, and 7 mm -hmm. in game two for Richard. Yeah. That's pretty good. Not Yeah, that doesn't not, stop. Yeah, was, you were on a mission in game I two. I was on a mission to win. That's all I was thinking about was win, win, win. We got to win ball games. And I think that first half I played really well. Yeah. Especially in the first half. Um, and, you know, I, after that game one loss, we didn't only lose a close game. We got beat pretty, we got beat up pretty bad. So, you know, staying laid into us, we got on film section. But as players, individuals, you know, we got to man up. And I've heard the rumors in the media. We saw all of, they're not fit for this. They, it's yeah. like, a, I think Paul Pierce said, like, it's like a Rockwiler versus a Chihuahua. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we heard it all. And, and, I mean, it didn't hurt our feelings, but we knew we had to bring a different level of play because we're in the finals yeah. playing against Kobe Bryant and, you know, the Lakers. So I just – was locked in, uh, came out playing well, shooting the ball very well, and we almost had a chance to win that game. Yep. Ended up missing a layup to go to overtime. Um, but I think if we win game two, definitely a totally different series in the finals. Oh. Not saying we'll win it all, but it's a different series because during that time it was 2-3-2. Two, two. Yeah, right. So we played the two. Say we split 1-1 one, one, and we I come to Orlando to play three games. And we still – we win the first game at home, of course. Uh, I think game – Four. That was his Derek Fisher shot. Yeah, it's a crazy shot. A shot that yeah. he makes shots all game long. Right. He, he was over. He was over five, I think, at that point. Yeah. To overtime. Right. Even we win that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 exactly. Well, you were about to tie the series. You're about to tie, tie the series up. up. That's right. And it's kind of back to zero zero three game series. So of course, we would still have to go back to LA. But at the same time, you want to be competing, you know. And and when Fisher hit that that three. I felt like it took a little bit of hair out of us because we didn't play the same way the very next guy. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, it just hey, felt like it kind of did. It took air out of me and I wasn't playing. Like, <laughs> no, and just, no, I, no, I just, no. I, I would, you felt Such like it. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, that was one we, re two another one, one we let, yeah. yeah that was down two one is different. Going down three one, you like, that's, that's, that's big hole. <gasps> I remember that. I remember the timeout for the Courtney Lee because I was doing sidelines and I'd have my head in all those timeouts. And I remember him drawing up that play. Mm -hmm. And it must have been something you guys worked on. 
a bunch because yeah. I remember seeing the diagram. I remember thinking, "Oh, shit, this this could work." Yeah, right. <laughs> this could work. And he, and Hito says, "Courtney keeps telling him, make sure the ball's there, make sure the ball's there, <laughs> make sure it's make sure it's a good." Pass. And his answer, "Don't worry, bro, I get it there. <laughs> Come on, man, I got you. <laughs> Come on, man, just get there, just get there. I'll get it." It almost happened. It was a yeah. tough shot, but he, oh my goodness, it, it was a tough shot. It was a great pass, tough shot. I mean, it's just sports. Sometimes yes. it happens. I don't want to say. As long as Courtney leaves. No, ball. of course not. Because no, not, no, one no, shot no. doesn't determine how no, we're going. Right. So it's a bunch of little. But that building was like, <gasps> I mean, yeah. it felt like oh, yeah. for a second ball game, right? Yeah. And it felt, it was yeah. that well drawn up. It was. It was well drawn up. Great play. Mm. Uh, just ball just didn't go our way that night. Nope. Nope. It sure didn't. <laughs> well, I, I I think this is awesome. I, I We could reminisce and go down Man, memory lane. about it's, all kind of stuff. Now. Right. <laughs> it's, the Philly series when Dwight gets suspended, we right. end up beating them yep. on their court. Yeah, Boston Game Seven on Derek Cole. Unbelievable. I mean, it was just one of those years like we we fought tooth and nail to do to to win ball games. And we feel as good as that year was, and you went to the NBA Finals. Where would you rank the 0-9-10 team? They were just as good, weren't they? That was just as good. Um, you guys, you get blew through the first that, two rounds. Probably even better. Yeah, right. Maybe? I contend you know, we were better the second better. go around. Uh, it's just. Sometimes things happen in basketball, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, getting to the finals, you always want to say that's a better team because if I say if I won a championship, sure. that's a better team. Right. Uh, but just like, um, I mean, you team could be stacked. You have one injury to your team, it can it can mess a whole season up. You re- Even if it's just a role player, like Peaches is a great role player for yeah. us. Yes, that's Peaches right. Peaches get hurts. You know, he's our co- he's guarding, he's our best defender. He's guarding LeBron James. He's guarding Kobe right. Bryant. You know, he's guarding all these guys that we need him to guard. One role player gets hurt, it may change the whole season. We may not even make it to the finals. So, you know, your health, yeah, chemistry, that's right. a lot goes into trying to be successful in the NBA. Was Michael Petrus the only guy you played with that gave himself his own nicknames? Them Petrus. And Playoff Petrus. How can I say? Playoff Petrus. <laughs> Playoff Petrus. He was great, though. He was a big part of it. You're right. Was, Everybody was a It was a great time. It was just an unbelievable time to be here it was. in Central Florida. Not only for the basketball players and the staff, but for the city. Absolutely. Yeah. It was great times. He, that's why every time I come back, I feel like I'm welcome with open arms. Mm-hmm. And not only by the organization, but by the fans in Orlando. You know, that's why I always call this my second home. Wow. You've gotten to see the Advent Health Training Center. Yes. What are your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? right. Is it? I mean, it's hard. People ask me, and we'll talk to some former players, and they're like, hey, how's that, how's that practice facility yeah. you guys have down there? And I'm like, you really don't know until you see it. Until <laughs> you see you. it. Tell, tell me and what I've been thought. hearing all about it. Uh, yeah. But first time seeing it today, and it's great. It's amazing. I mean, it's one of the, it's got to be the one of the, it's got to be the best practice facility in the NBA, at least for now. Until five years down the road, somebody Something else go build something right. else or go see somebody come in and see this facility and try to to copy it. Yeah, copy it and add on to yeah. it. Um, but you know, like I said, this facility is first class. I mean, I've never seen a heel in a weight room. Right, yeah. right, right. A uh, lap pool as well. You know, it's it's definitely all the things. These players have no excuses to get better. Yeah, there you go. Right. You know, get healthy, get better. You have no excuses. Now that you're removed a little bit from the game, and your kids were little, really little when you were here. Yes. Now that you're, you know, and we talked about it, that that's 14, 15 years ago, which is crazy to think about because like for us yesterday. it does feel like, right? It feels yeah. like yesterday. Like, do, do you look back? Do you, do you sit the kids down? 
and say, hey, like, let, check out what dad was back in the day. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah? I do. All how, the do time. how do they react to that? They love it, especially when I come back to Orlando, when yeah. I bring them back and we go to the games. They see my pictures on the wall or they always see, you know, the, the treatment I get when I'm playing, when I'm here in Orlando. They 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 excited about it. And every time I get ready to come back to Orlando, I'm always telling them, yo, I'm about to go to Orlando. I got to do some events or do some charity events, you know, with the Magic. And they know that this is probably my favorite team that I played on throughout my career. Uh, even though I was drafted as a young kid and grew from a boy to a man in Seattle, mm -hmm. won a championship in Miami, but this was the best time of my career playing with Orlando Magic. Not only because the teammates I had, great coaching staff, but like I said, the city of Orlando, you know, they welcomed us all with open arms and we was treated great. Wow, such a special time. I show my kids the shots that he nice. So do I. <laughs> Hope you show your kids. I'm going to go watch them tonight again. <laughs> watch them. It was just it it's was, a little embarrassing. <laughs> it was. It was It was an awesome time. And listen, it's 35 years of magic history. Yeah. And we're excited to have you, you know, be in town more and come around more often. Of I course. Yeah. We, love it. we need Richard Lewis around more. How do we how do we get that, Richard? How do we do that? I'm one phone call away. All right. No, I'm always okay. coming in. But I, right. I, one thing I can't say is, I can't wait to see the city get back to that's right that type of basketball, which I think is coming real soon. You know, they have a bright future, and the organization's always working to to great, get good players here and to make them, you know, playoff team. And I can't wait to see the excitement back in the city of Orlando when they're back in the playoffs, not only the playoffs, but hopefully win the championship. I love it. There's a buzz coming. Uh, people are it's coming, very excited about this team. Got to have patience. Patience have is patience. key. You know, like I said, with young guys, it doesn't – Nobody's winning the championship 19, 20 years old. Yeah, that's right. Maybe NCAA tournament, but the NBA right. championship is very tough. So the fans just have to have patience. Just like when I came here that first year, we got better every year. We went from first round, making it to trying to get past Detroit and Boston, ended up getting past them, mm -hmm. making it to the finals. But it didn't happen in one year. It was a couple of years. God, it feels like it happened in one year, doesn't <laughs> it? feels like yeah. it happened in one year. <laughs> it was a and these, years. Years. these guys got a lot easier. You got clotheslined by the Pistons for three years. Yeah, that was exactly. Fist, yeah. That was, we was you, exactly. know, you can't do that anymore. No, you can't. changed a little bit. But, yeah. Rashard, this was awesome. Thank you so much, and uh, and we look forward to keeping up with you here. Soon. Thank you very much for having me. Right. Thank you. One of our favorites, Rashard Lewis. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad. Mm -hmm.